0: to Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems Tech Talk podcast. Our goal is to bring you useful information and offer solutions for your applications and analytical needs. Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems represents a group of companies existing of Teledyne Techmar, Teledyne Tech, Teledyne Lehman Labs, and Teledyne Hastings. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tech Talk podcast. My name is Jeremiah Bradley. I am an application chemist here at Telenine Techmar. My goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing series where we can get environmental experts together to discuss, share, explain their experience with EPA methods involving VOC analysis and Persian trap. Today's topic will be over EPA method 524 series for VOC's drinking water analysis. Today I have with me Tom Harline. Hello, Tom.
1: Hey, Jeremiah.
0: Hey, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with EPA Method 524 series?
1: Uh, Sure. Um, I have been with Techmar for 26 years now um, in various capacities along the Persian track product line. I started actually as a a field uh, engineer back in uh, 1995. Uh, Since then, I've been involved in R&D applications, sales support, technical support. Um, so basically everything that has to do with our product line. Uh, additionally, prior to starting here, I was a VOC lab manager at an environmental testing lab, um, responsible basically for VOC and SVOC analysis, but um, spent a lot of my time in the VOC lab with Purge & Trap when it was first um, being released in the EPA and the environmental testing lab market, I guess you could say, really started to take off. So this should be around 1990 to 95 um, was when I was in that role. So we did uh, drinking water analysis as well as wastewater and soils as well. Um, so, you know, I've uh, talked to a lot of customers that run these methods over the years, uh, especially in my capacity here at. And, I and Techmar, we of course work closely with the EPA with revision five twenty four point three uh, to make sure everything made sense with the, a lot of the changes that they wanted to do.
0: Great, so you have years of experience in the background to match. So for, oh. sure. For those who are unfamiliar with EPA Method 524 background, the method started as an investor response towards safe drinking water act back in 1983. This is just one of the many methods the EPA has used as a strategy to monitor and report possible contaminants in drinking waters from rivers, reservoirs, and groundwater well sources. To accommodate for the various improvements made in purging trap and mass spec detector technology, revisions were made since EPA Method 524.2, leading to the current revision 524 point three and five twenty four point four that we have today however they are not a direct replacement of EPA method five twenty four point two point three was introduced to allow flexibility into the methods parameters and analysis this flexibility includes allowing the use of single ion monitoring for lowing responding compounds target compounds of interest were updated to include reformulated gasoline additives and potential breakdown products of MTBE. At the same time, poor performers were removed from the sample list and the use of hydrochloric acid was discontinued while maleic acid was chosen as a safer alternative. Some of the flexibility within the method allows for faster throughput. There were some changes in the QC requirements such as method reporting limits replacing method detection limits. 524 524.4 expands on 524.3 by allowing for the use of nitrogen as a purge gas, which allows for lower cost per sample for the customer. Extensive studies were performed using nitrogen. The studies concluded that purge efficiency was, adversely affected by, was not adversely affected by its use. It should be noted if analyzing for chlorodifluoromethane, the EPA determined that trap number 3 and 10 were not allowed. So there's been some revisions made between 524 series to keep up to date with not only technology, but today's emerging compounds of interest. What advantages do you see in 524.3 in comparison to 524.2? Well,
1: I mean, obviously the technology changed, so I would probably look at it um, in those steps. So first, if we just look at what has changed in the hardware section, you know, the, the GCMSs have come a long way since then. Uh, originally, we were starting with um, packed columns, um, and then you've seen the slow advance towards basically uh, capillary columns, but they were 105 meters by 0.53, so they are still longer columns and longer um, run times. And then, of course, the, the inlet side has changed uh, tremendously over the years as well. Uh, when the method was first written, everything was done um, with manual flow control and, you know, manual gas regulation. Where today's GCs um, use basically some type of an electronic flow module to, to handle um, column flow, the split flow, and of course the pressure required to do that. So a lot of changes we've seen there. Um, additionally, in the earlier days, to actually interface into the mass spectrometer, we had to use uh, jet separators, which are basically like glass tea, so that you didn't send too much flow into the vacuum system um, and overwork it. So we've now seen the the interfaces are now direct into the mass spec. We use much higher split rates. So that hardware has really been uh, removed as the technology has changed. Uh, Additionally, back in the earlier days, we would use cryo-focusing which essentially would be, once you desorbed your compounds of interest off your trap on your purging trap side, you would freeze them um, on top of the the GC, basically with this module that used liquid nitrogen to cool to about minus 180 um, C. And then once you desorbed everything onto that cold side, you would heat that up and put it onto the head of the column. So we no longer see those in use. I'm sure there's probably Still a few applications that still use it, uh, but for the most part in the drinking water series, those have uh, since been replaced. Um, Same as the jet separators and, you know, on-column type injections. Everything is basically split now. Uh, The other huge advantage that came along was the auto sampler, which, of course, Techmar was involved in as well. Uh, That got rid of the, uh, the risk of, in the earlier days, when a sample would come in, you would actually have to transfer it into a lure lock syringe so your open atmosphere pouring it into a syringe and then interfacing that to the glassware on the purge and track. So the auto samplers got rid of that completely so now you come in already in a sealed 40 mil vial with zero headspace and you chill that tray so that you're basically running it at uh, 524.3 states 10 degrees C or less but basically at cold temperatures and now the, the analyst doesn't really have to handle the sample at all. So basically you load the vial into the tray and then the auto sampler takes over from there. So it transfers a liquid aliquot, adds internal standard, which in earlier days you had to do manually as well. So now that's automated as well. And then you would bring that across the Persian trap. Then also what came with that is cleanup. So when you use an auto sampler, you can use hot water rinsing uh, excuse me and other techniques to to clean it up or before you would do that again manually you would flush water through and dump it down the drain you'd do that a couple of times auto samplers of course have uh taken that out of the uh complicated side as well so everything's automated there um the other hardware things that we've seen change is the moisture control systems Um, The earlier ones would basically try and get to zero degrees to freeze out the water. And a lot of times things would uh, get stuck and you'd have problems with that. So the MCS changes that have evolved over the time since the writing of 524.2 have have greatly improved, uh, so much so that some of the purge and trap parameters can actually be reduced. For example, dry purge could be reduced down to, say, in the earlier days, we were doing at least three or four minutes. You could probably get down to a minute to two. and in, in some cases, actually in most cases, you really don't even need the dry purge. If you've got a very high split ratio, uh, those MCSs in conjunctions with that seem to do a really good job with water and uh, the interference that it may cause on the GCMS. has. Um, as far as the compound list, they, when they went to 524.3, they did remove the ketones, which traditionally you would run at two and a half to five times uh, concentration levels of the normal target analytes because obviously these are lower compounds, very soluble, uh, soluble and hard to get out of water. So while they removed them, they did add uh, a couple new compounds of interest, uh, particularly 1,3-butadiene. And chlorodifluoromethane, they offer their own little challenges because they come across with the, the water and solvent front um, in that the gas area of the chromatogram, which, you know, if you got to make sure that you got your column flow right, your split flow right, your moisture removal systems working well. Um, and then they, they follow suit with the, the gases. So, um, so that was a, an interesting thing that they um, decided to get rid of those ketones. And then, uh, the other, uh, two big advantages are basically five, 24.2 mandated. You had to do a four minute desorb, which made sense if you're using a pack column or you're doing on column. You wanted to get, um, as much time and flow through trap the trap to properly desorb it. But now with the, the, um, EFCs and the ability to use high splits. You don't need that four-minute DSR, but in theory, you could get it off in probably 30 seconds to a minute. We generally default to two minutes, trying to use split rates of at least 50 uh, to one or greater. Um, ideally, we're around about 80 to one what we use here. And then um, you also now can use a 5-mil volume instead of a 25-mil volume, which is nice because you're you're still able to meet all the requirements you're using um, less volume. And then lastly, the trap design basically has changed as well. So the trapping materials back when 524.2 first came out was 10x, coconut charcoal, um, silica gel, and then um, some OV1 at the end as a protector. But over the years, the vocarb type traps of the carbo carboxins took over, so you don't have to use uh, that trapping material anymore, not allowed for uh, some better chromatography, better trapping capability. And then uh, the silica gel will just hang on to water. So even if you dry purge, you still have this huge amount of water coming across it. Now that that's been removed from the equation, we definitely see less water transfer as well. So I think, um, you know, the EPA realized all these changes and incorporated them into with 524.3. So that's where we're at today.
0: Okay, so you mentioned some troublesome compounds such as ketones that we see within method 524.2. How can we optimize our Persian trap conditions to yield better recovery?
1: Well, I mean, as I stated before, they're they're soluble. Some of the older techniques, you could actually like salt out um, stuff, but basically you would use heat. Um, And then, of course, when you heat the sample, yeah, you're increasing that vapor pressure, but you introduce some other uh, negative effects because you're definitely going to transfer more water over as well. And then if you have any thermally liable type compounds, depending on what temperature you chose, you have to play the game there as well. So I think the the fact that you really don't need to heat is, is a bonus. Now, heating is still done a lot in wastewater um, methods where those ketones are still there as well as some other um, soluble and problematic uh, compounds as far as purge efficiency are concerned.
0: Okay. Well, EPA method 524.3 and 524.4 offer method parameter flexibility, which is great for increasing lab throughput. What are some barriers to switching from 524.2 to
1: 524.3? Well, I think a lot of it has to do um, with what the laboratories themselves are using for their customers uh, what i mean by that if they have a customer that is only interested in let's say those key terms um, then uh, certifying for 524.3 is not going to be a benefit of that to them because they still have to report uh the 524.2 compounds and it could be that you know local certification state certification etc still may require these compounds and, and the setups that's used in 524.2, so I think the the adoption cycle is slow, but we are we are seeing it more and more. And it, I think it's like everything else; eventually, it'll it'll come to uh, possibly replace it. But right now, there you know there's still so many labs that are certified for 524.2. There's really no need to switch to 524.3. Uh, because they have their, their SOPs and their methods set up that it's it's not advantageous, let's say, for them in the current state.
0: Okay. So with the introduction of EPA method 524.4, we see some advantages with optimizing purge and trap parameters. What's more, there is an extensive study done with the use of nitrogen as the purge gas. What significant advantages does EPA method 524.4 have over method 524.3?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I think you hit on it. The the big difference there is allowing for nitrogen as a purge gas. And it should be noted, I mean, that's a a regulation now here for drinking water, but nitrogen as a purge gas has actually been used for years. Um, uh, Definitely uh, in international sectors like Asia and Europe have been using nitrogen as a purge gas for a long time because obviously they don't have to subscribe to the EPA methodology. So, I think it was a good thing that the EPA recognized that the, the soaring helium braces and the lack of uh, availability for that may allow for nitrogen um, use. So, I mean, obviously that's the big advantage there is the cost. And then there's, there's some other soft benefits to it too, is because you can use generators now, you may not necessarily have to use tanks, depending on your, your laboratory setup. But all in all, I think it was EPA recognizing that. Nitrogen works just as well, meets the method requirements, costs less. Um, so why not use it and give an advantage to uh, the laboratories that are, are, you know, responsible for maintaining, you know, that uh, the drinking water is uh, safe for us to consume.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of setups, can you walk us through your preferred per parameters?
1: Uh, sure. For for us here, we're all about throughput. So alluding back to 5.24.2 and years ago, you would get maybe one to two samples done an hour if you, you know, tacked on the long GC run times, uh, the four minute desorbs, et cetera. But since they opened up that purge volume, um, you can get some gains significantly in the time. So the volume still has to stay the same. So typically it's between 350 to 500 mils total extraction volume so let's say in 524.2 you purge for 11 minutes at 40 mils a minute well multiplying that you get 440 mils total so if I go now and I purge for 5.5 minutes at 80 mils I still achieve that same volume but I've cut uh, you know essentially five and a half minutes off of my time and the use of the smaller columns at 20 meter 0.18 which are essentially the standard now you're looking at one times from injection to injection of under 14 minutes. So if you take that into consideration, in addition to the shorter desorb times, we try to cycle to get at least three if not four samples an hour. So that being said, we typically run a purge at five and a half minutes at 80 mils a minute, no dry purge, about a two minute desorb. Obviously we use very large splits, typically 80 to one. And for drinking water, we normally only have to do one rinse for a cleanup for the finished water side there. And then we normally do a bake time of say around three minutes. And again, we prefer the uh, the shorter columns, the 20 meter by uh, 0.18. Um, we can also uh, use the 30 meters 0.25. They really don't add that much time on the cycle time. And you get a little bit more uh, elution separation, if you will. Um, but either one's fine. But that's typically what we use. So we're looking again at samples, you know, between three and four an hour.
0: Okay. What are some of your observations you've come to notice over the years involving the method?
1: Well, definitely the technology's changed. I mean, even from for us. I mean, when we first started uh, with perch and traps, that was again it was manual flow control. You know, you would set a pressure to say twenty psi and then you'd have to adjust a manual flow controller to get your purge flow. You didn't have independent uh, necessarily control for bake. Um, So the the advent of the mass flow controller definitely changed all that. Now everything is programmable. So our bake flows, our purge flows, dry purge flow, et cetera, is all done via the software. So you definitely see a lot of of changes there. And the same thing as as I mentioned earlier on the GCMS side, Um, You can now use SIM, which wasn't uh, really heard of back then, Um, if you need to. Most people still just run in scan mode, as we do here as well. Um, The EPCs allow for those higher splits, sensitivity, because some of the changes of how they do things on the actual source in the mass spec has changed. So I think all of that uh, has definitely come a long way. And then, of course, the the ability to change the parameters, the flexibility in the parameters So you're more performance-based rather than just you must have to do this. I think it's good. Um, So you see some cycle time benefits, which for the laboratory only helps them because now they can get more processing samples out per set rather than spending a lot of time um, just doing a QC. So if you're faster, you still maintain the same amount of QC, but you get more samples that the customer is actually interested in as well. So you see some cost benefits there. And then, of course, you know, the, the ability to use some of these alternate gases is, is going to help as well. So a lot of changes in the, in the right directions, which which makes sense is, um, you know, instrument manufacturers like ourselves and others are, are always trying to, to make things easier in the end for the customer.
0: All right, And I think as analysts, we also get spoiled with a lot of this technology advancements, too, today. Well, it looks like this all the time we have for today. Thank you, Tom, for joining me and talking about EPA Method 524 series. pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Tax Tech Talk podcast. For more information about our products and the solutions we offer, please visit www.teledyneacs.com. If you like this podcast, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing this show. That way you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time.